0: I'm May Ling, everybody calls me May, and I'm excited to be here today I'm excited to preach it's been a while um it's been a while but I feel like the Lord has given me something that is unique and I hope that I can communicate it in the way that it was downloaded because in my mind I see like this you know you're gonna get this you're gonna hit every word correctly right but but he's good. He's good. We're going to go to Luke chapter one. We're going to pray. We're going to go to Luke. We're going to walk through this together. And I'm going to read Luke one, through 38. And it is the Christmas story, right? I mean, it's the Christmas spectacular. We got to, we got to dive into Jesus, right? So into Jesus' story. and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary, asked Joseph, but how can this be? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, but people used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. We're going to jump real quick to Matthew one, because we're going to look at Joseph's side of this story as well. He says, "This is how Jesus the Messiah was born, his mother Mary was engaged to, a mar- to be married to a man Joseph. But God, but before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she had been engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, "Do not be afraid." to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him jesus the title of my message today is called pardon the interruption pardon the interruption let's pray lord i just thank you father i I bless your name i just lord i am in awe of what you continue to do lord i ask you father that you may be glorified in this place lord that it may not be my words oh god but it may be your words lord that you may get all the glory and all the honor, Lord. That lives may be transformed, oh God, because your Holy Spirit will, will embrace them, oh God, as they sit here today, oh God, listening, oh God, to what you have said. I bless your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. I just want, before I actually begin, I just want to just honor here the pastors of this house, Pastor Ro, Pastor Lee, Pastor Ruben, Pastor Marquez. The leadership in this house. If it has ever been clear to me how, how, how this message penetrates, it has been through their leadership, through their friendship, and through their love. It really has. The interruptions that they have caused in my life are good interruptions. Are the ones that remind me what I've been chosen for, what I've been purposed for. So I just want to honor them here today. I want to honor my husband who is the same way. He interrupts me for other things, but then he also interrupts me for those things. And my kids are here. And my Zach is here. Who tells me to tell you guys that he's the best one. Those are his words, not mine. But in all seriousness, we enjoy our lives, right? We enjoy our routines. We enjoy living our life day to day, routine in, routine out. If I think if you ask anybody, they can tell you exactly what they do from the moment their alarm goes off to the moment they get up and walk out of the house. And some of us can even tell you what our day is gonna look like, right, at work. And sometimes, just sometimes, things may not go as planned. And just sometimes, we may not find the parking spot we wanna find. We may not find the five dollars that we found in our pockets the last time. We may not find those. And sometimes we get upset, and we allow ourselves to see these interruptions as something that can ruin our day, right? We we walk around like, oh man, this is gonna interrupt my day. My husband is one who, if things change in a routine for him, he has to literally talk to himself out loud. Literally tell himself no this is changing. We have changed. The route has changed. We're going to be okay. And I get on him sometimes about it, but we all have those little quirks, right? We all have those moments where we're like, oh, I can't believe this just happened. I had... A, B, C, and D plans, especially now around Christmas, right? Because everybody's running around trying to get all the presents. Then all of a sudden your kid wants a present that the whole world wants and you can't find it. And then you got to go to like five different stores to go look for it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't find it. I don't know. But this store said they had it online and now they don't have it online. And where am I supposed to go and what am I supposed to do? And those interruptions can really, really, really mess up our time. And it can really, really mess up our mood. And it can really affect everything that happens around us. Now, I look at Mary and Joseph and I think to myself, whoa, can we have considered any more of an interruption than we have with Mary and Joseph? Somebody who was engaged to be married, and then all of a sudden, God steps in. He steps in and interrupts. I, you know, my imagination runs wild, right? Because I'm like, Mary, you're planning a wedding, girl? I know you're looking at your color scheme. You're trying to figure out what, what centerpieces are going on your table. You're trying to figure out who you're inviting, who you're not inviting, right? What's going to happen? Where are you going to have it? What is this going all going to look like? But then there's, a, there's something that interrupts her whole train of thought. And God steps in. And I just want to share with you this first point that becomes near and dear to me which is God's interruption should be your start line. Mary, when she was interrupted by the angel, I can't even imagine the thoughts that ran through her head, right? And what does this exactly mean? What could have meant for her right now? It could have meant that she had to set every plan that she had to decide to be able to fulfill and start at the line that God had drawn in the sand, And it means that right now, there might be things in your own life that God has spoken to you about time and time again. And that and I'm here to tell you today that that line is where you begin. Forgetting what is behind you, forgetting what is around you, forgetting about what's going to happen tomorrow, I can just imagine the Lord speaking to us and saying, hey, this is the line. I've come in to interrupt what your regularly scheduled program looks like. I've come in to tell you that you are called and you are chosen, you are loved, and I have you, I've created you for purpose on a mission to move forward and to move mountains for my kingdom. And sometimes, just sometimes, those things don't sound correct, and they don't sound correct because we allow the circumstances of our lives to dictate to us. And I always tell people, I said, I much rather stand on the word of God than stand on the circumstance around me. Because guess what? That circumstance will change. That circumstance will evolve. That circumstance will keep on going and it will keep moving forward. But you know what doesn't change? The, the word of God. The word of God that has said to me that I'm going to be this, that I'm going to do this, that I'm going to continue moving forward, that I am the head and not the tail, that I am more than a conqueror. That word doesn't change. That word does not change. God's grace and mercy is so big. It's so big. And this is what I thought about. I said, Lord, okay. We have this line. We miss the mark. I miss the mark. All the time. And yet his love for me doesn't move the line. His love for me doesn't move where I'm supposed to be. His love for me stands there and waits for me. And even with that, it walks with me to make it to that line. Forgetting about what happened just five minutes ago, whatever sin I just, whatever sin I just did, whatever thought I just had, anything that has to do with anything that is outside of what I may have screwed up, the line starts with what God has spoken. And sometimes we also have this idea of This confusion, right? I don't know about you, but I've gotten words for the Lord has spoken to me. And I'm like, really? I don't know how long ago Pastor Rose said to me, one day you're going to be a pastor. I said, really? Me? Do you know me? You don't know me. I can be really, really funny. Like, me be a pastor? You have to have a certain heart to be a pastor. You have to be a certain way to be a pastor. And I said to him, I said, I don't know about that, Dad. I don't know. I don't know if I. That's. I don't know if I'm called to do that. And Mary had the same response. Mary says this to the angel in verse 29. She was confused and disturbed, and tried to figure out what he meant. You're going to be with a child. And we think. And we talk to God the same way. And I think honestly, that's why God has never, we, it says, right, that there's nothing new under the sun. Because there's nothing that you have questioned or that you have doubted on that God hasn't already heard. There's no confusion. There's no doubt. There's nothing that you can say to God that would say, oh, well, no, she wasn't the one. He wasn't the one. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have even picked them. I shouldn't have even talked to them. There's, there's none of that, right? There was none of that here. He didn't look at Mary and say, well, she don't believe me. So, I guess we got to pick somebody else. He was not moved by her response. Yeah, you know, I tell God all the time, um, actually earlier this week, I was angry about something. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm angry. I sound like my daughter. My daughter has a, one of those uh, emotion charts that I've been trying to teach her to use because she has a lot of emotions. And I sounded like that. I felt like I walked over to the board and I said, Lord, this is what I am right now. I'm angry. And God, in his great mercy, doesn't turn around or turn his back on me and say, well, she's angry. She can't be what I called her to be. She can't do what I have placed her on this earth to do. That's not what happens here. In Isaiah, the Lord says, There she says, but I forget, but forget all that is not that it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. Can we say that? For I am about to say, do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. God, who created everything around us who told the moon and the stars and the gravity and flowers to bloom is the starting point of all creation. He is the starting point for us too. Forgetting what has come to pass. Forgetting about what's going on now around us. Forgetting how, where we're standing right now today, December 18th, 2022. I was going to say 23. Because we have the potential to do everything that he has placed inside of us. Not on our own account, but all because of him. Because he has spoken it. And sometimes, and just to give you another perspective here, because I know sometimes we look at Mary and Joseph and we're like, oh, they're young. They can believe everything, right? Let's go. I want to go to Genesis 17. Because I want to show you something, you know, sometimes we disqualify ourselves because of our age or because we have lived life differently. We have experienced different things, right? But let me tell you to Sarah and Abraham for a second, just for a second, because it was very interesting to me how these two um, side by side, they were speaking about the same thing. If we go to Genesis 17, he says, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. This is God speaking. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100? He thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your blessing. But God replied, No. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. Genesis 18 says this. So not that just Abraham laughed. Sarah says, we're both very old, we're, they were very old in this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? It's so funny to me because she didn't say how I'm old. She said her husband was old. That's another. I just thought that was funny. But with that being said, talk about an interruption this is not a young couple who was just in the beginning of their lives where God said, this is, what you, this is what's going to happen to you. This is a couple who had been lived quite some time, 90 and 100. But they could not believe that God would be able to do this thing. And they had lived their lives, right? You can imagine 90 years old. I know I'm 41 and I'm in my routine and nobody's going to take my routine away from me. Nobody. So I can't even imagine, God willing, I live to 90, what that's going to look like. Nobody's, right? Like, we all have grandparents who know that they get up at five in the morning, cola and cafe, right? Make coffee, that's what that means. With their piece of bread, right? From a specific specific spot, right? I'm not talking about Puerto Rico, right? In their little house, they sit in their little front porch. They, they know exactly when they get up. They know exactly until what time they're there. They know exactly when the newspaper comes. They know exactly when the neighbor goes to work. They know, right? So I can't even imagine. And it is easier to believe God for the smaller things, if we're honest, right? It's easier to, to believe God for the parking spot that we've been looking for. It's easier to believe God for the, for the $10 that we find in a washed pair of clothes, Right. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I'll be looking through my kids pants. I'm like, somebody got a dollar somewhere. <laughs> right. Because they always getting money from somebody. And I'm like, somebody got a dollar somewhere. Right. And those interruptions are nice. Right. When things go your way. But what happens when it becomes when the interruption can seem so far fetched. But God is still saying this is what's going to occur. What happens when the thing that he's saying you're going to birth has died within you? Because God promised Sarah and Abraham a child, but they waited some time. They waited, I think, 10 plus years for that promise to come to pass. So what happens to us when God says to you, you're going to birth this ministry, you're going to birth this life, You're going to birth this this situation. You're going to see this come to pass. You're going to see your children know me. You're going to see your grandchildren know me. You're going to see your husband know me. But years pass by. And that's why today I remind you that your start line is always with what God has spoken. Because it can be 10, 20, 30 years before you see the promise of God come to play. My son doesn't know this, but, you know, us as parents, we pray for our children. We pray for our children. And God has spoken to me about my children. And I have an adult son who's going to be 23. I know. I don't look it. Hey. (laughs) But I pray for my son. And I know what God has promised me about my son. I don't know where I'm going to see it. But I know what he has said. If I let life dictate to me what I see, in what I'm believing in God, I'll be often I'll, I would walk away. I would put this down and walk away. But I stand on the promises of God that are yes and amen, that are yes and amen. And they and year in and year out, I may not see. Everything the way I want, and you may not see everything the way you want, but hold on to that start line. Cling on to what God has said, because he will change your world. And in a way that you would never even imagine. Me and my husband were married 13? 13 years? 13 years. It is divine appointment, and I see that now. As, as we go on in years of marriage. God has said to us, we're going to be pastors. If you were to see the beginning of our marriage, you'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Can't even get your lives together. But I can say this, and I say this from conviction. I don't think I've even shared this with him, so you guys are exclusive hearing it first. <laughs> I am seeing the promise that God has said to us from the beginning of our marriage in 2009, I can see it so much now in 2023 that it is tangible to me. Because I have clinged on to what God has said. I told this to Pastor, I think I've shared it with Pastor Lee, it is tangible to me. If you were to see the mess we were in in the beginning of our marriage, you would be like, no way. But here we are 2023 and I tell the Lord, I said, I see it now. I see the finish line because I've held on. To your start line. I've held on to the word that you have spoken. Paul reminds us this. He says, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That is the promise. We live a new life in Christ. We're no longer chasing the things of old. We're no longer dealing with the things. Not that we're not dealing, but we're not, we're not, we're not lifting them up so much because now we can lift up the blood of Christ in a way that it, it teaches us to walk in confidence and walk in the knowledge of who God is and who we are in Christ and the power and the authority we have in Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Sherry. I'm just, I just want to something really quick. And, and it's funny cause I wrote this in my notes and I thought this was really funny and, and, um, so Mary in verse 34 says, how can, I, how can this be done if I'm a virgin, right? And I, and I thought to myself, I said, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. But angel, the, 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 the angel Gabriel says this to her. And it reminded me of something because he says, he says, his response was, the Holy Spirit will come. And it reminded me of something in John 14 that Jesus says. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be with you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Mary was not alone in her journey. If God, has said, if God said to her, hey, This is what's going to happen right through the the angel Gabriel. Mary was not left alone. He was going to walk out exactly what he said he was going to walk out. He was going to sustain exactly what he said he was going to sustain. And it allows me to even show you the, the next point, which is God's interruption will allow you to see another side of his character. I don't know if anybody here has been through stuff. But have you been through stuff and all of a sudden you see God in a clearer picture? You've seen God as the peace that you've always, that you always needed. You see God as the joy that you always needed. You see God as your refuge. You see God as your strength. You see God as all these things. And God's character is so mass that I've been walking for, I don't know how many years with Jesus. And I'm like, yo, I feel like I, I feel like I see him new like every year. Every year we, we encounter something new about God. Every year we encounter that he is who he is as we dive deeper and deeper, as we walk with him and we begin to trust him, right? And, and Joseph, it's funny because Joseph, um, I didn't forget about Joseph. I, I, you know, we go back to the text. It says, Joseph to whom she was engaged was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. sorry. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Those words sound familiar, right? Because the same thing was said to Mary. Take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what the situation was in Joseph's head? Right? Because what's the first thing that comes to your mind? She's pregnant. I didn't do it. Right? I mean, seriously, right? Just on a a human level, right? Like, I didn't do it, you know? And it might have been difficult for him to understand because it gives us a glimpse of what his thought process was, right? Because he was ready to divorce her. He was like, you know what? I'm a good dude. I'm going to do this under the table. Nobody's going to know. I'm going to divorce her because I don't want her to look bad, right? And I was like, that was really nice of Joseph, you know, to even have that thought. And the uniqueness of this encounter with Joseph was that it says that as he considered so as he thought about it, not as he said it, as he thought about it. And it just really showed me how God is ever present, right? How he hears your thoughts, how he hears your doubt. And yet he stands there and allows you and shows you the next thing to do anyway. Right? And Joseph, in this particular situation, did not allow his thoughts to interrupt what was said to him by the angel Gabriel, did not allow to interrupt what God has spoken to him about, right, and if we're honest, I I was laughing because I was like, the first thought, you know, the song that came into my head and you guys are going to laugh, some of you might get it and some of you might not, but it's by the ghetto boys, my mind's playing tricks on me, right, I know Lee would get it, you see? Emily's looking at me like a deer in headlights, but it's all right. It's all right. It happened in 1991. I'm just, I'm just running it out there. (laughs) Thank you, pastor. (laughs) Sometimes, just sometimes, right? Sometimes, just hmm, a little, a little piece of it. We allow the wrong interruptions to take hold of us. Just Sometimes. And it's not to say that those interruptions are not facts, right? You can't fabricate somebody's age. your fear, your anxiety, your thoughts, your temper, your tantrums, your mouths, right? That stuff is those are facts. those are things that occur, right? And we hold on to those things as they are truth. But we need to interrupt those interruptions with what God has said. You know, I am always, I tell the Lord this all the time. I'm like, Lord, I just want to write songs. This is what I tell the Lord. Because I am fascinated that the God who created the heavens and the earth allows, places himself to interrupt my daily routine. That the God who sees me, who saw me, places himself to interrupt my routine. He interrupts my thoughts. He reminds me, right? This is the whole thing about holding your thoughts captive to the one who created you. It's He's the God Almighty. He's the beginning and the end. Those are the things that we we should interrupt our thoughts with. And I do this on a daily basis. And I've learned this. Because I me, Mei Ling, is an overthinker. And my brain will drill me into the ground if I let it. I don't know about you guys, but that is exhausting. It is exhausting. My husband is not an overthinker. He's just like, what? That's that way. We're going that way. I'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the best route to get there? Because I don't want to be sitting in traffic for 30 minutes. And then who has to go to the bathroom? And who has to do this? I'm like a worst case scenario type of person. I'm working on it. Don't judge me. Okay? And one time, my husband says this to me. He sees me in thought. And he goes, but share with me what's going through your head. I said, you want me to share with you what's going through my head? I said, are you ready for this? You ain't ready for this. You ain't ready. And as I proceeded for 10 minutes <laughs> to tell him what was going on in my brain, he looks at me and says this, you think like that all day? <laughs> yes, all day. If you ever picture a hamster on one of those wheels, that is my brain. Actually, what I usually picture in my brain is a Rolodex. You know the old school Rolodex you used to <laughs> flip them? You know, the, that's what I think about in my brain. That's what my brain does. And I say that because those things can run rapid in our lives. The biggest interruption in our lives are the obstacles that can outweigh what God has said until we allow God to interrupt those thoughts. And we so easily get entangled by our hurt and our fears and our measurement of what success is and ideas of what things should look like, right? We have to be reminded That the interruptions, that through these interruptions, we serve a God who is our Father. Who cares for us and who loves us and who wants to be with us and wants the best for us. And he wants to be the one where we run to. And he wants to be the one that we hold on to. And he wants to be the one who embraces us, right? The character of God becomes prevalent because he interrupts our program. Also gently too, right? Like, I'm still dealing with, I don't want to be told what to do to a certain degree. You can laugh, it's okay. I'm good there because I've grown, all right? But isn't it amazing that we have a father who knows who you are and knows how to talk to you and knows how to be next to you and knows how to love you? and understands you and is not afraid or is not ashamed of who you are and what makes... He's not afraid of any of that. He's not thinking like, oh, you know, I can't talk to her today because, you know, this one doesn't like to be told what to do. In my particular particular instance, I, I call them love nudges. He gives me these nudges. Like, hey, you think that's a good idea? And I'm like, all right, Lord. You're right. You're right. And... Once you allow God to interrupt those things, Joseph did exactly what the next point is. God's interruption call, will cause you to walk boldly and to trust him. Verse 24 says this When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. As he started at the start line and he saw the miracle, He allowed the character of God to shape him. And in that, Joseph and Mary were able to walk out what God had called them to do. Boldly and confidently. That was a scandal, guys. It would have been a scandal if somebody would have found out that she was pregnant. Scandal. Scandalous. I've lived through one of those, just so you guys know. I have, I have. You know, my adult kid back there. But, in that, they held on to the word of God, and they were able to walk in confidence. And God is calling us to do the same thing. Walk in confidence, and walk boldly in what he has called you to do. Not because of us, but because of him. Because of what he's done for us. Because how he has been with us, and loved us. And it is a scary thing, i tell you. It is, you know, if I'm going to be transparent, my heart jumps out of my chest coming up here. Every single time. Every single time. But I stand firm in knowing that God has called me to do this. And it's not perfect, and I always strive to be better, right? I always strive to make it to the next day. And truthfully, if I'm being really transparent, I will walk over here and tell you all the 20,000 things I did wrong. My mind will tell me. And it is in those moments where God interrupts me and says, Hey, I called you to do this. I called you to be this. I called you to pursue this. Not for your own sake, but for the sake of my kingdom. And he reminds me of this every single time I step off, whether I'm worshiping or whether I'm preaching. He reminds me of this. You are not alone in that situation. If one thing I love to say and I love to be is just transparent, because I feel like sometimes we see people get up here and they're like, oh, they got that down packed, but that's not the case. The case is that we're human just like everybody else. And Mary and Joseph were human just like everybody else, but yet they held on to what the word of God has said to them, and they were able to do what they had to do to make sure that that thing that got placed within her That 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 birthing thing that she needed to do was going to come to pass. And I stand here saying to you confidently and boldly, hey, whatever God has placed in you will come to pass. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. You don't disqualify yourself. Your creator didn't disqualify you. You are not allowed to disqualify yourself from what God has called you to do. Don't let the lies of the enemy tell you anything different. Don't let it. Hold that thought captive. Hold it quote, thought captive to the creator. I have, a, I have an app called Stargazer or something like that. Something is called. I downloaded it the other day because we were outside in the parking lot and there was uh, stars in the night. And I told the kids, I said, oh, that, that star right there, that's a planet. Pastor was like, No. No, that can't be a planet, right? I was talking to him. I'm like, that's a planet. It doesn't twinkle, it's a planet. So I downloaded some app, right? Because, you know, internet is awesome. And it shows you exactly, and it just so happened to be Jupiter. And I don't know about you guys, but when I see things like that in the sky, the constellations, the galaxies, the Milky Ways, I said, man, the one who created that and tells it where to hold has qualified me and purposed me. The one who tells the ocean where to stand qualifies me and has purposed me. And I'm here to remind you that he has done the same for you. Every time I, I, I'm I, a super like nature nerd, like not really nature nerd, but things fascinate me, you know. The other day, I mean, not the other day. A few years ago, they found a frog that was transparent somewhere. I don't even know where. They never seen it before. I said, look at God. (laughs) Look at God. Look at God. The one who, everybody's like, oh, it's a new discovery. I said, no, 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 no. I said, that's always been there. We just never saw it. (laughs) Because my God created it. Just a few weeks ago, I saw something else about another animal. I said, oh, man, look at that. I said, come on, God, you're just so good. You keep us moving. You keep us amazed. You keep giving us purpose, regardless of what we think. Isaiah 41 says this, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. Nothing that stacks against you will disqualify God's word over you. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing will separate you from his love and nothing that stacks against you, no wave, no storm, no wind, nothing will stop you or can't stop you for moving in the direction that God is calling you to. And don't let it. Don't let it. There's just no way. When we know how, how much he has given us, I know we're talking about his birth here, but we also know that he died for you to fulfill what, you, what he has called you to do. And the worship team's so good. You guys can come up. Yeah, come on up. (laughs) I want to tell you, I want to share with you one more scripture and one more point and then we're done, I promise. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep in the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing. Not he who trusts in himself. He who trusts in the Lord will never stop producing. Me trusting me? I don't know, sometimes. Sometimes I make calls as a mother and I'm like, ooh, that wasn't a good call. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Me, little me. But trusting in God will never stop producing fruit. Amen? You guys can get on your feet. I'm going to leave you with one last point. Because we are talking about the birth of Jesus. And this is something that God shared with me. And it says, God's interruption will remind you That he is Emmanuel God with us. If I can leave you with this final thought, and I just want to make something very clear. (laughs) This is my own thought, my own thought as I was reading. And this is not the say of the Lord or anything like that. This is just something that I was thinking about as I was meditating. And I said, Alright, Lord, Jesus is here. He's born. He's born, he comes, right? The word became flesh. But what if this was the same thing that occurred? Or what would have been, what should have been the original thing from the very beginning. The Bible says in Genesis that God walked with Walked in the garden. And I'm like, wow, Lord, you walked with them in the garden. And now with Jesus, he is dwelling as the word became flesh in the New Testament. And again, this is not something that's written, it's just something that my mind thinks about. Because I'm like, you have fulfilled. You have what we said you were going to do. Amen? And I want to remind us that he became like us to be with us. And Jesus being born hit the reset button. Jesus was the birth. I mean, Jesus' birth was the interruption that the entire world had been waiting for. The entire world, including creation, have been waiting for. Matthew 1.17 says this. And this is how much the interruption was so important. Because it says all of those listed, because this is after the genealogy that Matthew lists in chapter one, he says, all those listed above include 14 generations, from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the Babylonian exile and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. All those generations were waiting for the interruption of heaven in the birth of our Savior. All of them. And if we go back all the way even back to Genesis 3 after the fall where God promises that we will have somebody who will come and save the world. By you guys, but that gets me excited. Excited to know that those things were planned, and the interruption that occurred here that day is not just a baby being born in a manger, but it is a savior of the world who came to save me and you to propel us to do what we had to do, to give us life and life in abundance. And I want to leave you with Isaiah. And I, I, I just I just thought it was so fitting, Isaiah 9 and I just want to. I don't have it in my notes. So Do you have it up there? Sorry. And it is a. It is a, a known passage, right? It is a known thing. And I think that's not it. Sorry. So as the boo looks for. Is that what I... It's okay. (laughs) And it's a scripture that we all know. For unto us a child is born. Right? Oh, thank you. For unto us a child is born. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors to David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's army will make this happen. And that Jesus' birth is the epitome of that very thing. There is nothing that can be stacked against us. There is no interruption that can occur. I challenge you today to allow the interruptions of god to dictate your future to interrupt to allow the interruptions of god to tell you in which direction you have to go to allow the interruptions of god to carry you sustain you love on you have mercy just just embrace it just embrace every single thing that he has ever said to you he will carry it out in more than you can even imagine things that you can't even see and anything you can anything your mind can do that you can imagine times that by like a thousand and then maybe just maybe we'll get a glimpse of what god can do tell your thoughts tell your thoughts Those thoughts that come against you, those thoughts that come against your family, those thoughts that come against everything that you are, those thoughts that that tell you that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're not lovable, tell your thoughts, tell them, tell them, pardon the interruption, but my God, my God, made what he was gonna do. My God has already said what he's gonna do. I'm going to stand firm in what he has said. Pardon the interruption. If you gotta yell it out, yell it out. Cause I know for me, it's been some time where I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Your, my thought cannot dictate to me what's gonna happen because my God has spoken. My God has said. My God has moved. I've seen my God's hand. I've seen him protect things that I've never even thought. I've seen him protect me. I've seen him protect my family. I've seen him protect things. is happy.